Welcome to the iPod podcast series from Ophthalmology Times. Twice each month, fresh episodes from Ophthalmology Times will engage with key opinion leaders in interviews about the latest innovations in the areas of surgery, clinical diagnosis, pharmaceutical advances, research, technology, or practice management. I'm Cheryl Stevenson, Group Editorial Director with Ophthalmology Times, and your host. We're here today with Dr. Rohit Varma with the CHA Hollywood Presbyterian Medical Center and founding director of the newly formed Southern California Eye Care and Vision Research Institute. Dr. Varma, welcome. We wanted to have a discussion today on artificial intelligence, or AI, and its impact on ophthalmology. You're currently writing a blog series for Ophthalmology Times on AI in the practice of ophthalmology. So why AI now, and why ophthalmology? Right. So uh, let me just start with, you know, what is AI and what does it mean and so on. So AI or or artificial intelligence um, is also called as machine intelligence, and it is when a machine mimics the thinking capabilities that humans associate mainly with human brains. Um, and when a machine is able to uh, do that, then that's called artificial intelligence. And artificial intelligence um, is divided into various things, and you'll hear these terms, and so I just wanted to uh, make it clear. So one of them is machine learning, where uh, there are algorithms which are used to separate out data or learn from data and then make informed decisions based on what was learned from that data. And then there is this um, other approach called as deep learning, where uh, there are um, algorithms which work in layers, meaning that they create what is called as an artificial neural network that can learn and make intelligent decisions on its own. And so this deep learning, which is a subfield of machine learning, uh, is what you'll hear a whole a lot about because that that's what Google Mind and many others are are um, doing now. Now, what is it about artificial intelligence? Well, artificial intelligence has been around for a long, long time, and and the reason why artificial intelligence now is because what has happened over the last few years has been that we've um, developed a repository of big data. Uh, there's been an increased amount of power of computing. Um, there have been new and greater ties between sort of uh, machine learning and medicine and statistics and other areas in science. And then, beyond all of that, in fact, uh, these neural networks have become increasingly affordable and cloud computing, which is extraordinarily important, has allowed us to use large data sets as research um, tools uh, to um, go ahead and sort of um, interrogate and learn from these data. And in fact, it's been estimated now that um, the value uh, that big data and machine learning brings to medicine is upwards of $100 billion annually, in fact. And that's mainly because what machine learning and artificial intelligence can do are are multiple things. And we'll actually speak about that in a little bit. But I just wanted to uh, lay out what it, it is. 
in an ophthalmology that makes artificial intelligence important. So one is disease identification and trying to, you know, detect as well as um, identify disease, particularly conditions such as diabetic retinopathy, um, AMD, glaucoma, and other conditions like that. Um, and and what one can do is, and and there has been been many studies which have shown that uh, one can identify diabetic retinopathy uh, with a high degree of sensitivity and specificity, and we'll speak about that in a little bit. The other thing that um, artificial intelligence does is that it allows one to do personalized treatment so that you can have more effective uh, treatments which are based on uh, individual health data that can be paired with some predictive analytics, um, and that can create sort of a more um, individualized treatment for for people. And actually, over time, what will ha- happen is that uh, there will be microbial sensors and devices which will be placed in people's eyes or on their, you know, bodies which will allow for sophisticated measurements of their health and allow for remote, you know, the monitoring of what's going on in the body which will allow for optimization of health. Um, beyond that, there's drug discovery which can take place for, from artificial intelligence where uh, there can be an initial screening of various, you know, uh, drugs which may work better in certain conditions um, in the eye as opposed to, um, in fact, uh, um, other drugs. Um, and then um, clinical trials where with the use of predictive analytics, one can identify the candidates who would fit those trials much easier and make these um, trials smaller, quicker, and much less expensive overall, which would then allow us to get treatments to um, individuals much, much um, sooner. And last of all, in fact, I think artificial intelligence can be used for having smarter um, electronic health records where one can uh, use voice recognition or even, you know, transform cursive or sketched handwriting into digital, um, you know, the characters which then can which can then be, be entered into the electronic medical record. So there, there's a lot of, of interesting things which can be done by by artificial intelligence, and because ophthalmology is such a visual field, uh, meaning that we can look at where the disease is occurring, be it in the cornea, in the lens in the anterior chamber, in the retina, in the optic nerve, in the brain, um, we can visualize it through various uh, ways of either directly examining the eye or through various well imaging um, approaches like OCT um, and so on, and then utilize those images to try and find better ways, as I said, of either detecting disease or treating people and so on. So, that is why ophthalmology is important, and what's what's also particularly important is that most ophthalmologists are very sort of tech savvy, and they're very interested in 
high-tech sort of devices, if you will, because a lot of our learning has come through the use of new technology, both in treatments as well as in detection of disease. And so most ophthalmologists are much more likely to be early adopters of this. And so um, artificial intelligence and ophthalmology are a really nice fit, um, if you will. Certainly very fascinating for both physicians and their patients. And I wondered if we could dive a bit deeper. Could you speak to some of the benefits of AI for both physicians and their patients in regard to some touch points? For instance, you mentioned uh, deep learning for diagnosis and referral and retina disease based on the deep. Can we talk more about the deep mind paper that readers may be aware of? trying to advance clinical practice. Now, how does one advance clinical practice with artificial intelligence? So, one way is to use an AI system as a tool for automated diagnosis and detection of disease, which can reduce the burden in a care setting, particularly where there are limited physician resources what the um, artificial intelligence system can then do is that it can perform its function anywhere in the world, which means that data can be collected remotely, sent to an AI center for, for analysis. Um, and this is basically sort of an artificial intelligence version of telemedicine where you can provide a um, a diagnosis and other expert guidance without the need to travel either by the patient or the physician um, and increasing um, access to care for these patients who live in remote and difficult to um, reach areas, it reduces the burden on these patients and the caregivers and the physicians. Um, What artificial um, intelligence systems can also do is that they can quickly process large amounts of data, which means that one can analyze sort of a whole series, if you will, of closely spaced, you know, scans that cover a wide area of the retina from a single patient. And this then increases the probability of identifying early stage disease, which may be found only in, you know, in certain features in small isolated um, areas of the retina. And so, I'm improving the ability to detect early stage disease is significant because treatment outcomes are often best when treatment is initiated at the beginning of the disease as opposed to late in the course when it may be beyond um, repair, in fact. And then in addition to to all this, um, what artificial intelligence systems also do now is that they are improving our understanding of the mechanisms underlying disease. Um, uh, particularly the deep mind and deep learning um, artificial intelligence has the potential to, in fact, identify previously um, unknown patterns of disease which would improve our understanding of how the disease develops and provide additional markers for detecting disease, staging disease, and even coming up with a prognosis for, for disease. So, um, with regard to 
um, the Google Brain um, DeepMind uh, system, what uh, Google Brain did was it created a deep learning um, artificial intelligence uh, system to identify diabetic retinopathy based solely on an analysis of the retinal fundus photos. Um, and what it did was it used, it, it, it used multiple data sets and came up with a sensitivity which was as high as 97 to 98%. Uh, and based on that, what uh, Google Brain actually announced is that they're going to work with the um, Aravind Eye Care system in India to try and, and, and integrate this artificial intelligence system as far um, as um, part of an initiative to increase access to global diabetic retinopathy care, in fact, in the world. Now, the DeepMind system, which the Google AI team um, developed also, uses OCT data, and what it is able to do is also it's able to detect potential markers of 50 different eye diseases based on three-dimensional MOCTBA data. And it, what it does is that um, it was able to show that for many of these diseases, it was 94% sensitive, which means that it catches most of the positive cases of disease um, and was as good um, or at times better than human clinical experts uh, who also looked at those um, the same images. The other advantage of this DeepMind system was that it didn't just give sort of a yes-no answer, that yes, you have the disease, no, you don't, but it actually provided multiple levels of, of actionable information. So, that, for instance, the uh, system can provide, you know, probabilities of multiple similar that diseases in addition to the, the one disease which it identified and also that provided um, an accompanying recommendation for referral, uh, which is whether it should be, you know, um, observation only or routine or semi-urgent or, or even urgent. But perhaps what's really intriguing about this system is that this particular DeepMind system is now also teaching us and giving us insight into how that diagnosis was made. Um, until now, many of these deep learning systems have operated sort of within a black box approach where, you know, well, images are put into a system and then an answer now comes out, um, and then you have to just trust the result. Well, many ophthalmologists are not willing to just trust the results. So what the deep mind system is that as it is detecting the disease along the path, it is giving information to those who need to see what the inner workings are. Um, and it's almost like providing, you know, the steps of the proof in a math class where, you know, this is why I'm calling this a particular disease or not. Right. So um, it's actually a very exciting tool, which is not only about giving us insights about particular eye diseases, but it's also about giving us insight about how uh, particular features of the eye can be related to heart disease or, or other diseases in the 
body which may be important to the patient. We want to thank Dr. Varma for his time and invite you to join us for part two of our interview in our next episode. We'll discuss the use of AI in diabetic retinopathy and glaucoma and the increased presence of AI on the podium at ophthalmic conferences. In the meantime, Ophthalmology Times listeners may learn more about artificial intelligence in Dr. Varma's blog series on ophthalmologytimes.com. Thanks for listening to this iPod podcast from Ophthalmology Times. We hope you subscribe at iTunes and let us know what topics you'd like to hear more about. Stay connected to Ophthalmology Times by going to ophthalmologytimes.com, subscribing to our newsletter, and following us on Facebook, Twitter, or Instagram. 